Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back to the Wolverine Podcast. I'm John Borden, here tonight with the one and only Tom Crawford. You know him from past Press Pass on Sunday nights with Jack Ebling. You know him from his own Crawford Podcasting Network. And you see him here every week on the Wolverine Podcast. Tom Crawford, welcome to a big week for Michigan football. Another, oh, I cannot wait here. Uh, what December twenty seventh? Counting it down, Saturday night. A Saturday night, you know, like Saturday college football, right? It's it's on Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, you know, eight o'clock kick. It's just so it's like one of those late games. You know, when Michigan played a, a night game, uh, a couple of them in Michigan Stadium. So. Um, Super excited. I hope everybody on the Wolverine.com, all our listeners out there who bleed maize and blue, I hope they had a, a great Christmas, happy holidays, whatever they celebrate. And uh, let's count it down. I, I, I Let's get into this thing. This is going to be Let's get into it because the Wolverines rolled into uh, Arizona, into Phoenix today, and obviously started speaking immediately about, uh, about what is before them what jumped out to you among the early statements uh made by the wolverines out there they i mean a lot of it was uh, you know we're glad to be here we're happy to uh <laughs> be facing you know a great team and all that but was there anything from just them getting out there that uh that stood out to you tom crawford well i you know i think there's a level of of uh confidence that may, may, maybe they 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 didn't have last year maybe i'm i'm you know I'm, this is overstating it so you know so sometimes thinking yeah you you have this uh just glad to be here mentality and maybe that could have been equated last year hey they got the playoffs you know and see what see what happens against georgia i think i think this has more of a business trip mentality yet the, yet it's it's a it's a focus it's a business aspect to it but they, there's they're brimming with confidence this team looks like very competent and also likable when they interact up with the panel today, you know, I mean, and then Harbaugh, Harbaugh. So, you know, he's, he's, he's loose. He is I mean, loose. This is, this is different. This 21, 22 package, two year package we've had here under the Jim Harbaugh regime has a whole other element. I don't know what happened to this guy. 
Um, but he's a heck of a lot better coach, uh, 21-22, than he was in 2017 to 2020. And uh, whatever it was, you know, hey, uh, hell of a job, Jim Harbaugh. Keep keep it going. I think he's found his magic formula. He's found, A, uh, a defense that can hold Ohio State at bay. And I think he's found his best quarterback since he's been at Michigan. No no offense to Caden McNamara and the breakthrough last year. We all saw that. But J.J. McCarthy, as we have often noted, and as you noted early and often and loudly, uh, he adds that element of being able to scramble with the football and create things on his own. And it's just, I mean, to fully appreciate this season, in my mind, you have to be able to mentally dial it back to last summer when people were yeah. saying, hey, that's pie in the sky. It's fine. You can think all you want to that this team is going to be as good as last year. But look, let me give you a little bit dose of reality. Aiden Hutchinson is gone. David Ojabo is gone. <laughs> and the, the defensive coordinator is gone. You've got to go to Columbus, and if you think they're going to win down there after Ohio State's had a year of having to sit on a loss, you're crazy. So if you remember all that, to be where they are, 13-0, and with another pull-away decisive win against Ohio State in Columbus, and now feeling very, very confident that they can get to, not only get to the national championship game, but compete in it at a higher level. I, I think that the appreciation for this year and for what Jim Harbaugh, as you mentioned, has accomplished is is really a big deal. You know, John, you brought up a really interesting point about last summer because I, I think you and I talked about it last summer. I think we had them both 11-1, and one, but that big brick wall of beating can they beat Ohio State again? No, that's not going to happen down in Columbus. I mean, we said it in our minds loud and clear. We weren't hating on Michigan. We're just saying, mm-hmm. I just don't see it. I mean, I, I, I said, I think they're going to beat Michigan State. And, you know, we, we talked about the week non-conference. They're going to go undefeated in the Big Ten play. And who's who's going to stand in their way? Maybe Penn Is it going to be Penn State? Is it going to be that Iowa road game at Kinnick? Uh, you know, we're trying to figure out that other, you know, dicey game. But we still had them 11-1. But it was the Ohio State. It was a Jim Knowles hire. It was all that. Ohio State media regime around around Ryan Day and and how much confidence that this 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 Ohio State team was going to have and and paying back Michigan and so I, I I found myself buying into that you know that they're not going to get by Ohio State I, there's no freaking way I said to myself and not only did they get by him they they pulverized you know yes. and then all the other things about this season. And, and the offensive line coming together, and it was, you know, back-to-back, you know, offensive line of the year award winning. Um, I, the defense um, and the front seven, oh, my word, I didn't see that coming. I mean, let me count the ways. It's been a big, big – overall, it's been a big surprise. Even though we still saw Michigan win a lot of games, 11, you and me, but we didn't see them getting by the Bucks. Absolutely. And uh, as you mentioned, winning the uh, Sharon Moore Award uh, for the second. Oh, wait, that's the Joe Moore Award. Oh, yeah, uh, that's a good one. They're they're considering (laughs) renaming it. But uh, and and to come so far 
you know, we I just listened to uh, to J.J. McCarthy on the Rich Eisen show. Yes. And here's another measure of how far they've come. He's talking about the Ohio State game. And Rich Eisen is still riding that high. You can clearly see that. And he is trying to um, uh, coax J.J. McCarthy into waxing eloquent about what that was like and what that meant. And here is J.J. McCarthy confessing that he had a little bit of an empty feeling after that game, a little bit in the pit of his stomach because, why? Because, hey, we've got a lot more to do. There's so much more that we can accomplish. Accomplish. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. But, and this is a kid that is always looking for the next step, looking for the next level, as John Falk would say, looking for the next ring. Yeah. Did did that jump out to you as well? Oh, oh, it did. And every time, every time JJ McCarthy steps in front of a microphone, whether it be over at Chrysler in the post game or on the Rich Eisen show with a fellow Wolverine, Rich Eisen, I love those illustrious Michigan alumni in the media: Tracy Wolfson, Adam Schefter, Rich Eisen, Jalen Rose. It's great. I love it. And and JJ embraced having embrace or embrace rather having uh, a you know a Michigan guy with him and I felt I thought he felt really comfortable on that interview and the thing about it is John when I think about JJ McCarthy and you know how I you know raved about his mobility I wanted him to be the quarterback and all that stuff but what my takeaway with him this year goes well beyond between the lines JJ McCarthy I've never seen a 19 year old kid combine positivity uh, self-confidence, Passion, uh, desire to win, competitive edge. I've never. I, he is way beyond his years, and 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 how eloquent he talks. And then you talk about um, saying all the right things. I mean, remember it was like right after, right before the Michigan State game, that, that game prior to that, it was like, you know, it's all about Michigan State. You know, same thing uh, after uh, Michigan beat Illinois. That was a tough win. It's all about beating Ohio State. This guy, it, it, like, he's too good to be true. You know, and so um, I, that's you know, beyond what he can do on that football field. So you don't have to sell me at J.J. McCarthy. No, I clearly do not. But uh, you talk about positivity. You talk about exuding confidence. He he uh, he crossed the line just a little bit in saying, you know, uh, Rich Eisen asked him. He brought up the Tom Brady subject. And, yes, that's and, great. Uh, he said he wanted to end up with more rings than Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah. And my my thought there was, well, right. And I also wanted to uh, to dunk on Wilt Chamberlain when I was growing up. <laughs> but but right. even in that, even in that, which he's he's saying, I want more Super Bowl rings than the greatest, uh, most proficient winner of them of all time in NFL history. It is underscoring that J.J. McCarthy simply says, look, I'm not going to discount anything that I might accomplish and anything that that might be there because I'm going to work at this and, and go at it and just keep just keep going. Well, you know, and also he mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, you know, he wants that ring that Tom Brady did not get. And that's a national. Well, I, I take that back. He was a backup. He was yeah, a backup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, to Brian Greasy. He got the ring. And, and, he- and, and so he got the ring, okay? 
But maybe uh, maybe he was referring to the fact, you know, of uh, you know, getting that ring that you know where he was a starting quarterback, and um, you know, and and this is the thing about this potential national championship. That 97 season, what a great team that was. What a great accomplishment. I'm telling you what, after that fiasco with Scott Frost and at Nebraska and and the .5, you know, and the next day and they ran it up on Tennessee, it's almost like, it's like, God, that's why I was begging for a playoff because that that just took away something from it. It shouldn't. They're still national champions, but it still throws that argumentative uh caveat in the room that you don't even want to discuss with a right like a michigan state person national champion was that well oh you mean co-champ yeah mm. well every michigan every national championship in michigan state had it, it, you know that, that was all mythical and they they got blown out they got beaten in the in the rose bowl by a 7-3 ucla team and they were that was either they were national champions how can that be so and you could poke at all that stuff but now with a playoff don't have that issue exactly and if if they finish this thing off, if they happen to go 15-0 and 0 and win the national championship, yes. then we've got to place the call to our mutual friend, Jack Ebling, and yes. get him on the podcast because yes. he was the one that had me thinking he was just nuts at midseason saying, uh, look, if this team runs the table and wins it all, this team is greater than 97. I'm saying – yeah. How far are we away from that happening? Well, yeah, yeah. I guess that. what? I We're two that. wins away from it. I remember that conversation. And, um, you know, it's 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 true. I mean, 15 and 0. I mean, 15 and 0. I mean, as a Michigan fan um, since 1964, I mean, th- there would be nothing about my passion for Michigan football, even the national championship in basketball in 89. I mean, this would be in a category all by itself, all by itself. And I, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but um, it's it's plausible. Michigan could get this done, but it starts with TCU. Yeah, it starts with TCU, and that's where we're going to turn our full focus right now because uh, just in some of the uh, talk back and forth before this game, I don't think TCU said, has said anything in a – in a boastful or uh, arrogant manner, they've given proper respect to Michigan. I'm not trying to build this up as something like that, but a couple things that have been said, you could take a look and, and say, well, now that's going to get a little attention inside the Michigan locker room. That's going to get a little motivation. And one of them uh, out of the TCU camp was the statement that, uh, you know, if you, if you stop Michigan's running game, you you pretty much stop Michigan's offense. And I am thinking, okay, uh, that's going to get people going on a couple of levels. Michigan's offensive line probably thinking, well, guess what? You're not going to stop Michigan's off uh, running game. And uh, you got a J.J. McCarthy thinking, does that mean I can't throw the football? Does that mean I'm I'm not a factor in this thing? And so that alone, I think, is one thing that uh, is going to motivate the Wolverines. And uh, I go ahead. You, I, well, I, you know, I, that really jumped out at me. And I don't, I, I don't know if it was Coach Dykes. I, I don't know who said that statement. Okay, but um, I, I think I, I think where that's coming. I'll tell you where that's coming from. Because when you th- when you're an average college football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to say, uh, when someone had the topic of Michigan Wolverines 
comes up. Uh, how do you stop him? Well, you, well, you got to stop the run. I mean, I mean, you hear it every freaking game. I mean, you yeah. hear it for a decade. You hear it for you hear it from Bo Schembeck. You hear it the Bump Elliott days. You got to stop the run. You know, I mean, that's that's still Michigan football. And I think, I mean, and teams have done it. Tried to take that strategy. Look what Ohio State tried to go. You know, cover zero. Okay, they're throwing everybody up there, up stacking everybody up front. They got burned by it. Um, I, I just think that's the mentality that if you stop the run, you stop Michigan. Now, keep in mind, uh, Michigan struggled. I mean, I, I equate this game coming up, John, potentially as a template from what we saw in the Big Ten championship game against Purdue. Now, I, I think Michigan's going to play better against TCU than against than they did against Purdue, but I think Purdue. Uh, is not as good as TCU. TCU is a better team than Purdue, okay? So I think you're going to see, you know, maybe some struggles early on, but then then you're going to get a Donovan Edwards popping one, or then you're or you're going to get uh, a Luke Schoonmaker on a drag or something that's going to open things up, and all of a sudden the offense is going to get click and hope it won't take till the third quarter. But I think that you can, you can maybe stop them for a while, but then all of a sudden, boom, 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 pop. Michigan's going to get a big chunk play. Exactly. And you've got a situation where TCU typically runs a 3-3-5 defense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So okay. we, we just you, you see the stat there that says uh, rank 67th in rush defense, giving up 149.5 yards per game. That's TCU's rush defense. When I think of a 3-3-5, I think of Wisconsin versus Rich Rodriguez. Yeah. And I get bad flashbacks. You get you, you start to you start to get the tremors. And so my question for you, Tom Crawford, is can they really seriously think about lining up a typical 335 defense against this Michigan offensive line and against what Michigan likes to do in the run game? Or how about Purdue hanging 50 against that 335 <laughs> Michigan down at Ross Age Stadium? I'll never forget that game. Yeah, I, yeah, point well taken. Um, uh, I, I, I think I love it. I mean, I, I think Michigan. Uh, I'm licking my chops at Michigan getting their running game. When I look at the big picture of this game, I think I think uh, TCU is gonna gonna score some points, like you and I talked about prior to the podcast. Um, and, you know, they got you know obviously um, uh, a Quentin. They got a really good wide receiver. They got they got a really tough quarterback uh you know he's dripping blood and he's still gonna uh, max duggan is still gonna you know in there and not even you know you know phase him uh so i think that it's gonna be challenging for the michigan's defense for a while but I, i'm thinking michigan's gonna be able to run the ball four quarters i think this game it's not gonna take to the end of the second quarter like i just exemplified or early third i think it's early and often they're gonna be able to run the football against tcu what will really interest me is what tweaks the uh, defense for TCU makes to try and counter what Michigan poses in terms of that uh, that overwhelming offensive line and the the focus on running the football and the ability to run the football. I'm just wondering if they will will make some uh, tweaks about as far as getting more beef up front to try and slow that down. Whether they go with a four-man, or you know, whether they go with a four-man line at times, uh, those sorts of things, I, I just, I just can't see running the straight, uh, you know, three-three-five. And we just had a TCU well, fan weigh in and say, "Well, we're not supposed to be here." I think that's you're, you're, you know, 
you don't hear that out of TCU players, and I think that might be trying to to uh, suck Michigan in a little bit. No, I I, I agree, and, and, and you're not in the CFP, uh, and you don't beat Texas and Austin in a big game when everything's on the line, and, and you don't have the poise to make comebacks like they like they've done this year. Um, if if you're not a good football team, and that means making changes, and and they they have the capability of doing that. Well, I guess I'm you know I'm still. I, my whole my whole focus is when TCU has the ball, and and this Kendra Miller I remember against uh, Texas and that game was a that game was a tight game and he busted a big one. That dude's fast, number thirty three. I remember him. I watched that game. I taped that game. I wanted to see that game, and because uh, I'm just curious on how that would play out. And and yeah, so there's that's you know Mr. Worrywart here. Me, uh, I'm more entirely when TCU has the ball. I don't have any I don't have any concern unless uh, for Michigan has the ball unless God forbid I'm knocking on wood all over the place the turnover bug hits Michigan by some bizarro situation and I don't think it will because Michigan has taken care of the football both in the aerial game and 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 fumble wise pretty pretty well tremendously well and that's a great point you anticipated my next question you know biggest worry against TCU you kind of addressed it in that. You know, it's uh, it, it's Michigan being able to um, you know hold them in from from making it a shootout or for uh, you know helping them along with turning the football over. I, I just think again, you have to respect uh, Duggan. The uh, that quarterback is yeah. uh, so tough, and you know, you we we uh, we heard uh, a uh, podcast by. Uh, an insider for TCU who was uh, talking about, I mean, he was throwing out there the fact that their top receiver, you know, making Megatron comparisons. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and you think, well, all right, this has got to be a little overstated, but that again, uh, I don't rule out anytime a team has made it this far and has a quarterback with as much guts and much ability. You look at his numbers. Uh, they're just incredible. Uh, you, you don't rule out the fact that they can stay in a football game. Um, and, you know, if somebody stays in a football game, that's that's how you win them in the end because uh, you'll, you'll get that break one way or the other. I think it's, I think it's incumbent on Michigan to not be in a fourth-quarter game. At least yeah. the kind where you know you could it could be like the last time out for TCU where they're written off and they try to make a stirring comeback, but it can't be that three point game that uh, that cliffhanger going into the fourth quarter in my mind. Or no, and, yeah, and, and Michigan hasn't had to the, well, the Illinois game that you know I'm trying to think back at this you know the whole regular season still <laughs> um, the Illinois game was a, that was a test. I mean, the Maryland game was was the test. I mean, they, they've had a couple of those were at home. Um, this is, you know, um, I think Michigan's going to have a good crowd there, obviously. they got a bigger alumni base, and they got a bigger fandom, I think, overall than TCU. So I think they'll have – they'll be well represented. But you're right. I don't – I'd hate to see Michigan be in a situation where it's a fourth-quarter game because you when that Quentin Johnson, you know, you talk about wide receivers. You know how my biggest complaint about Michigan's secondary at the corners – it's been the 50-50 ball, losing the 50-50 ball. I've been complaining about it all year. And it's it's been, you know, I see examples of it. <coughs> Michigan State game 
and other games when they've lost in the Purdue game um, where they've lost the 50-50. They've had great coverage, but they're just a tad late on turning or something, and they lose the 50. You know, it's it's like throwing it up there. And um, I TCU does that a lot, quite a bit. And so that's another element of concern, I guess. Given those factors and given the fact that um, – You've talked about Michigan's defense as a key factor in this game. In your mind, how many points does Michigan's defense need to hold TCU to in order to win this football game? What what would Tom Crawford be comfortable with uh, as far as holding them in? Um comfortable i'm there i'm just not a comfortable person <laughs> just like when it comes all right to Michigan, what's it gonna but, take uh, i'm gonna go uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna go here's where i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 28 points i'm gonna go 28 points michigan's gonna score more than 28 points and 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 i just think uh you know that they could yield 28 points to, to tcu they really could um uh, i mean they, they gave up 20 something to uh purdue and um you know, and this, this, you know, I, I, I just think 28. Well, if they, if they hold them at 28, um, if they give up any more than 28, they're in jeopardy. I think Michigan is. Um, I'll give you my. I might as well give you my score. It's gonna be 38. It's gonna be 38, 28. I think, if, you know, I think they're Michigan's gonna score at least 38. So I'm actually conservative on that. I think they're gonna score at least 38. So I'm gonna go on a conservative 38, 28 victory for Michigan in this game. Going a little bit ahead of our agenda here, but it's in my mind. And um, so 28, 28. How about you? I'm well. I'm going to save my score till the end. Okay. Okay. But uh, we already have. I think we're thinking along the same lines. Yeah. I yeah. think Michigan holds TCU somewhere in the twenties. It wins this football game. Yeah. No, it, it's just uh, keeping in the twenty. <laughs> you know who knows? They could. It, it could be beyond that. You know, and uh, you know TCU has fumbled the football. From the tailback position, um, so uh, that's happened. And, and <laughs> the other thing is, um, you know, with, with TCU, it's like I guess their luck did run out against with Kansas State, but it's like they 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 remind me uh, going way back uh, to the Indiana Rose Bowl team of '67. They call them the Cardiac Kids. Uh, they, they won all these games. They got to the Rose Bowl, and then they. And they lost to USC, but um, they they pulled games out uh, always really late in the game. Uh, Indiana did of Harry Gonzo, John Eisenberger, and Jade Butch. This TCU game team reminds me of that team, and pretty soon the luck's going to run out, and it's running out. Um, and I'm confident that 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 element is going to run out again, just like it did against State State. But I mean, it's going to run out, and Michigan's going to survive this game. I very much agree. Uh, I think that uh, Michigan has shown enormous capacity to wear teams down, wear teams out. I think eventually that can happen again, especially with regard to Michigan's well, I want to ask a question about that, John, to you, because I get asked it and I really I don't I'm not smart enough to answer it. I mean, is it all is it all Jesse Mentor? Is it is a Jesse Mentor making these great uh, alterations, you know, holding them to so many few points in the second half. Is it is it the 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 the, the great conditioning 
that we, we've talked about on this team? Um, what, what, what is it in your mind? Why, why is Michigan so good in the second half? I think it's a combination of things. I think Jesse Minter is an extremely sharp guy, but he is surrounded by extremely sharp guys. I think Steve Klinkscale is a brilliant uh, defensive coach. I think Mike Elston really knows what he's doing on that defensive line and has mixed it up and, uh, and allowed, um, allowed different guys to shine and brought people along to the point that nobody is talking about the loss of Aiden Hutchinson or David Ajabo anymore because they come in waves. I think that, you know, from my conversations with, uh, with Doug Karsh, who talks about these guys, uh, interviews them and knows what's going on at halftime. He says the first thing that they do is before they deliver their, okay, this is what we're going to, this is how we're going to defend this, this, they get input from the players. And what are you seeing out there? What is, what is going on? And they absorb that. And they've got guys now that have been veteran in this defense and can say, this is where we're getting hurt. And, uh, and they are, have already made their observations, but they can use that further information to, to just uh, make it such that they've really shut teams down in the second half compared to the first half. Well, and then – then you combine that with the fact that that offensive line and those running backs have been pounding away for 30 minutes. And on the other side, if if you've been under such a run-heavy sort of situation, okay, now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you might be losing your will a little bit if, uh, if a team gets up by 10 or, or 14 points. I, I think there's a lot of elements to it, but – well, yeah, and I want to throw one other element to it that that uh, that really struck me in the in the Big Ten championship game against Purdue. It, it just and you know you know when Mike Morris was out, you know, so uh, there was concern about that. But you had such great depth. I mean, I you know uh, you know Taylor Upshaw has played a lot in that game. Derek Moore, number eight, um, a freshman. Um, that guy's gonna that guy's gonna be a dude for this team. I mean, he he had a lot of quality minutes in the game, so they were going like three, you know, you know, three tiers deep on that on that rotation at that edge rusher position, and then, and then you talk about Chris, you know, the interior with Mason Graham coming in to play, Kenneth Grant playing, um, and and then at linebacker, I mean, J- Jimmy Rolder got got in there and 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 uh, and, and played uh, quite a bit, so um, I. I I just am marveling by the by the overall depth of this of this uh, this football team, John. Yeah, it, they've really brought guys along, and we know how fans love to get excited about uh, even guys they haven't seen on the field. Uh, how they get excited about recruits? Well, right. This this is kind right. of that um, they can point to things and say, okay, there's why. There's why, because here's a freshman who came in yeah. and has just torn it up. You mentioned several, uh, and and you know sometimes that happens. Usually not in the defensive line, uh, but I, I'm telling you, uh, they are uh, between what they're doing as far as player development at this point. Yes, what they're 
doing in identifying players that they believe they can develop and fit into the system. And now, and we talked about it last week, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in a minute, but the uh, that whole transfer portal and Michigan becoming a destination stop mm-hmm. uh, for some really good talent, that that combines to give you an, an awful lot to work with. Oh, you're, no question about it. I mean, I mean, I think that in the they won the they won the national championship by the portal, you know, this year. Um, you know, they, they, they you know, what what they failed in, in the in the conventional recruiting of, you know, seventeenth best recruiting class, whatever. And I know that's such a subjective thing. They certainly subjectively made up for it in the portal. But let's not forget before we step away from that defensive, you know, about guys on Marvel, about Will Johnson with those two picks against Purdue. Um, and and the confidence of that young man, uh, I mean, that's you know, it's not just that number two jersey. I mean, is this Charles Woodson in the making? Um, I mean, think about what he has added uh, to that secondary and a secondary that had a hot, lot of experience going in. Wow, it's uh, it's super exciting when you think about that young man's future. No doubt, the future is bright. It is not. I don't think they're going to face any of the questions or or nearly the questions that they did this summer uh, coming oh, no. up next summer. No, no, no you're going to have a whole lot of uh, no. They're preseason. No, come on, we go down to media days next next year, John. I mean, I mean, I'm laying you, you know, a dozen. Don't they're going to be the preseason Big Ten a champion? I mean, in terms of projecting, and uh, and I I honestly think that, and it, so there'll be more pressure on them, and so you. Uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, let's embrace this opportunity right now. But it'll be interesting to see how they handle that when they're they they truly are the hunted. Uh, you know, now you know th- three years in a row that they're they're that they could be the big kingfish out there. And here's something you won't be hearing: you won't be hearing, "Oh, if only they had." I mean, it's just a four-team playoff. If if they only had more. More <laughs> slots available, and then Michigan could do this or that. And I think that was that that was sort of uh, a defense mechanism for Michigan fan to say. I love a fourteen playoff. Let's, let's well, that. yeah, the last two years, it's yeah, it's, it's all good. It's yeah. all gravy if you're if you play your way into it. But yeah. very soon, it's going to be a twelve team. Yeah, and. And that that will be good too because what we've done in the past, in the very recent past, before these last two years, is say things like, "Well, you know, since since '69, here's how many times that Michigan would have made it with a yeah. with an oh, eight yeah. or a twelve team playoff." That's or, me. That's me talking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's going to be there, and and yet at the same time, Michigan has got itself to uh, where it's a. It is again a top five national program. So my question to you is, um, you know, playoff expansion. Are you for it? Do you love it? Do you, uh, you know, do you have reservations about it in any way? No, because I was always one to complain about it. Because you know, I didn't think in my lifetime Michigan was ever going to get the playoffs. <laughs> it's like that was what I, that was my whole thing. Okay. Um, uh, watch what you wish for. Right. So, um, no, I like it. You know, I, I could have, I, I would have been comfortable with the 18 playoff versus the 12. Now I understand that gives the top four seeds a buy, but I don't necessarily think a buy is necessarily good. Sometimes I know in basketball, in the NCAA tournament years ago, 
they had first round by teams that would get upset because they hadn't they hadn't gotten the groove yet. And yet, you know, the team had won, you know, there were a lot of upsets. I remember Illinois had a buy and they were like a number one seed and they got knocked out by a low seed team. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's fine. I was thinking it's funny you bring this up because on December 17th this year, I'm thinking uh, it was cold out. I'm thinking, good Lord. Michigan could be hosting, a, you know, if they didn't get the first round by, if they were like a five through five through twelve, they could be hosting a playoff game at Michigan Stadium, right? Because Absolutely. they, you know, they get to hold, you know, there, there's only the hosting is just the teams that are a seats five through twelve mm-hmm. before they go into the neutrals, and so um, I'm thinking, wow, Michigan Stadium and how sweet it would have been, you know, in that scenario down the road if you get, you know, a Florida State or a or, or, you know, a team from the South uh, have to come up here and play the higher rate. USC. In Michigan. USC, after all those yeah. years of yeah. playing out uh, yeah. in, the, in the Rose Bowl. Exactly. Exactly. So that will be interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think we're going to be wanting it. I mean, this is – let's be real. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to, to accomplish what Michigan's accomplished this last two years. And I'm not expecting this to be a regular <laughs> – scenario for uh for Jim Harbaugh's team the dynamics are going to change although next next year looks pretty good yes it does but for, for me the other element to this is I mean they've they've destroyed the Bulls they really oh, have yeah. I mean you've got I was asking my uh talking with my Purdue uh friend about uh you know the the Purdue's matchup in the bowl game and against LSU and said how do you are, you know? Are you excited about it? You think they're going to give him a game? He's and he said, "Well, I was a lot more excited about it till I found out that the top three pl- players are are bailing out." Yeah, you know, yeah. you've got Welcome. that now. Yeah. You've got the fact that that all that really matters is you know the the playoff. Well, look and at the bowl coverage. You know, I mean, what's the bowl coverage? Where do they go to halftime? What do you do at halftime of the ESPN coverage? You talk about the playoffs. You preview the two playoff games. Every, right. I mean, you want to watch Michigan coverage? Watch every one of these 40 bowl games. Because then Michigan is featured at halftime of every game. You know, it's crazy. And you know what you're seeing is a lot of empty seats, uh, obviously, especially these first few, you know, the lower echelon bowl games. Maybe they'll pick up. But, yeah, it's when, when guys are opting out, and I got to give Ohio State a lot of credit, they had a lot of opt out. Their whole receiving core opted out last year, uh, and they still beat Utah, w- which was hungry to win that that bowl game. And it gives opportunity for younger guys. But yeah, from a fan perspective, I mean, it's just waiting for the halftime preview, of the college football playoff on New Year's Eve, and that's what I end up doing is watching watching that. Yep. So I I, I do think that. Uh... I agree with you. Eight would have been enough for me just from the sense yeah. that, okay, you're not going to have in most years a ninth or 10th ranked team. That's going to be a serious challenge, but who knows? Maybe once in a while you can get that, uh, that breakthrough team that uh, can become like a, a, an NCAA tournament Cinderella. But I do think that it's going to, uh, the way things have gone, it's a, it's the wise move for the future. I want to throw at you a statement that we have talked about the the future in terms of uh, different prospects, NIL, and uh, the portal, and 
things that Michigan will have to do well in football in order to compete. Recruiting. In a recent meeting, and this, uh, this was out there today, Santa Ono, as you know, the new president of the University of Michigan, someone who is not only interested in, in having the, the hospital at this level and having the, uh, the, the science department at this level, but is also a diehard Michigan football wow. fan and has absolutely been eating up the success from this season. He was in a meeting, and someone, I mean, this was all without names, of course, commented, well, that's, you know, that's a pretty high bar, whatever they were discussing. And, uh, and Santa Ono's response was, it, it ought to be a high bar. This is, this is what we want across the board. Anything other than shooting for the highest marks is excuse making and we we want none of that we want we're not interested in that at all and when i hear that out of the president of the university i get the distinct impression that uh there will be very high expectations for what michigan is going to be able to accomplish through nil through allowing uh the, the boosters to to work. Um, there is certainly the element that, yes, we're Michigan. We want to do everything uh, the right way. But you did the rules. What you can do have greatly expanded. And so I, just, just your thoughts about hearing that comment from him and what it might mean in these various areas. Well, it certainly dovetails into what I've seen in the press box. He's been at, you know, this year, President Ono's up there, but he's glad he's, he's shaking hands with the media. I mean, he is all about this Michigan football thing. I'm telling you what, man, he is a kid in a candy store. And we saw what's happened. You know, you see him at basketball games too, throwing balls in the, in the end of the stands at timeouts. And then obviously at the, uh, he was, uh, you know, an honorary captain. I mean, he's embracing it. I think he realizes, I mean, you can be a great academic institution and have a great athletic department because that athletic department uh, or how they, how well those teams do branding the awareness brand factor of success of the university. And just the fact it makes some students, I'll, I'll just make a confession. I went to Michigan had nothing to do with a communications program at the, at the university of Michigan. I should have gone to Missouri when I'm going into journalism. I went to Michigan because of Casby Russell when I was eight years old. I was going to Michigan. I just thought it was that whole, you know, just tying into the to the athletic, you know, the athletic accolades of 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 these heroes of mine, um, from Mel Anthony, Cassie Russell, and and all the way Donnie Dufek, all the way down the line, even the young guy JJ McCarthy. You know, I I I think he's terrific. Okay, so that's where that goes in. Alabama has done this for in the last recent. They've getting a lot of out in my neighborhood in East Lansing. I got three or four kids that went to Alabama. Why they go to Alabama? Because they like the Crimson Tide. That's why they went to Alabama in the last 10 years. And it's like, wow. And it ends up being a more competitive environment at the school because you get more students there. The demand to get in goes higher. You can raise the GPA requirements. Donorship goes up. It's a great formula. Athletics and academics can work. You don't have to take this Ivy League mentality. And say we're not going to do that. Now, 
um, Northwestern is going to be hamstrung forever. That I mean, I just don't. And look what's happening to Northwestern uh, in the last couple of years. How, how are they going to compete with their requirements? I mean, you got to look at it in both through both prisms. And President Ono, I think, sees that. I think administratively, Santa Ono could be the greatest thing that ever happened to Michigan athletics. He's like John Hanna was at Michigan State, which which had that mentality of athleticism having a high, um, uh, you know, priority, and mm-hmm. it worked for Michigan State uh, during. I'm talking about the '60s, and you know, and that this is the same situation. Yeah. Well, just to wrap this thing up, earlier Tom Crawford gave his pick yes. Michigan over TCU by the score, I believe, of 38 to 28. Yeah, but let me qualify that real quick. I, I, I think that's going to be a um, uh, a close game. Uh, I'm just playing this thing out. I think it's going to be like a 21-14 type thing at halftime. Michigan's going to get it up to, you know, it's going to be like a, a 38-21. I think TCU is going to score late. I think it's going to be up in double digits and then you grab one late and it'll still be a 10-point win. That's how I'm envisioning this game goes out to get specifically. Very good. Well, I'm going to go – I'm going to be a little slightly more optimistic on both ends of that. Okay. Um, but I agree with the fact that it's going to be close for a while, like uh, almost every Michigan game has this year. But I, I believe in the end you're going to look uh, at Michigan 41 – and uh, TCU twenty four. Oh, okay. So we're we're right in the same ballpark. Right, yeah. Gladiators of Freedom ways. Oh, look, we got scores rolling in. Yeah, yeah, tw- um, uh, yeah, yeah. That, and, and, and they're generally they're generally in in the same area there. 42, 28, 45, yeah. 27. Yeah. And I think this is yeah. It is um, it is right about where a lot of people feel like it should be, uh, but. You know, TCU is looking at all that and saying, "Well, we're we're," and it's quarterback saying, "We're not we're not putting up with that." Well, so let me, hey, let me make this real quick. You know, for for Michigan to you know, and I'm trying to do this two picture thing, and I'm I'm envisioning Michigan playing Georgia in the title game. Uh, they're going to have to hang forty something on TCU if they're going to hang twenty something on Georgia to win. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, I'm, I, I'm just thinking it's it's a different currency, if you know what I mean. That mm-hmm. So they better be able to score 40-something on TCU if they're going to have a shot at beating Georgia. That's my feeling. Here's what I know for sure. Either way, Tom Crawford and I will be back next yeah. week talking about it, maybe with a special guest. We'll yeah. see about that. But uh, for now, we're just going to say, uh, Tom Crawford, great job as always. Thank you very much. We'll see all of you next uh, next week back at this same time. And we expect to be yes. talking about Michigan and its opponent in the national championship game. Yes, I want to be talking on, uh, next, on our two, next Tuesday. I want to be talking about January 9th and what's going to happen. And it's going to be relevant to us. So I'm with you. There on you that. go. Looking okay. forward to it. See ya. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.